Welcome to Calvary Christian Assembly of God. My name is Pastor Floyd McDonald, and we are looking forward to you tuning in to this week's podcast. Don't miss out on this word from the Lord. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Here we go. How many know that the number 20, how many know that numbers are important in the word of God? In fact, if it wasn't important, God wouldn't have named the book the book of numbers. I believe numbers are significant in the word of God. And so I began, Brother John, to look up what number 20 means, and it's very significant, and I want you to notice this, that number 20 simply means this, it symbolizes the cycle of completeness. I love that, don't you? Amen. How many know that God, I love this scripture, and you need to memorize this as one of your scriptures for 2020. Philippians 1, 6, you've heard me say, he that has begun. A good work. Everybody say a good work. I mean, what God does is a good work. It's not a bad work. It's a good work. So he that had begun a good work in you, guess what? He will complete. Aren't you, God, aren't you glad that you serve a God that once he starts it, he will complete it? Now, the issue is we got to let him. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you got to let him complete it. God wants to bring the fullness of his vision and what he has for your life to completion. But guess what we got to do? Yield. Submit. Allow him to complete what he has started in your life. And so he that has begun a good work will complete it. So number 20 means cycles of completion in your life. I believe this. Things that you've been praying and believing God for years, I believe it's your year of fruition. I'm going to get a shout of amen from somebody up in here. Because some of you needed to hear that and the pastor's just delivering what's already confirming in your spirit that I believe the year 2020, God is going to answer some prayers. There's going to be some souls saved in your family and there's going to be some miracles that's going to take place. I just believe it in the year of 2020. I'm going to have a Pentecostal shout all on my own. 2020, say this is my year in Jesus' name. You know what it means? It's a year of expectancy. One of the greatest stories that I love to read in the book of Acts is when Peter came across the man that was, uh, that was lame. And, and what, before he said silver and gold. How many remember that story? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. How many remember that story? But the word of God said before uh, Peter said that, the, the, the man said that he was expected to receive something. Can I, say, can I say this? If we're going to see what God and you and I have been praying for in our lives, you must have the attitude of expectance. Come on, if you're expecting God to heal your marriage, come on, then expect to believe it. If you're expecting for God to save somebody in your son, your daughter, your come on somebody, your spouse, he, Expected. Everybody look at your, your neighbor and say, expected. Have an attitude of expectancy. How many know that's the breeding ground of miracles is an attitude of expectancy in your life? That's what God desires to see. So the number 20 means expectancy. And then the, what I want to say is it is connected to a period of waiting. But wait a minute. It's of labor or suffering that is compared to a trial and then it is rewarded. All you ladies that have birthed children, lift up your hands. 
Lift up your hands real high. Ladies, they don't call it labor for nothing. Can I get an amen? amen. That is the right word for having children. Now, men, I'm going to give you a chance. Lift up your hand and say, we couldn't do it. <laughs> Every man say, amen. <laughs> That's the truth. But I want you to notice this. Listen, God's fruition how many know everything? And I've heard that from my wife. I've heard it from other ladies. All the pain, all the suffering, and the expectancy for the nine months when that child is laid on the breast of that woman, every bit of that goes away. As that child and that reward comes from that labor. Let me tell you this. Listen, there are things that are significant real quickly in the Word of God. Listen to me. Jacob waited 20 years to get the, his wives and property and to release him from his father-in-law. He did. And God rewarded him for his patience. Let me remind you of this. Solomon was building not only himself a house, but building the Lord's house. And it took him 20 years. But God brought it in fruition. Another one was this, Jabin, the evil Canaanite king, was oppressing the people for 20 years. But aren't you glad for two individuals, Deborah and Barak, she went into battle with a song and God brought victory, amen? Glory to God. And then this last one, God told Abraham that if he would find at least 20 people, righteous people, in Sodom and Gomorrah, he would spare that. How many remember that? So number 20 is associated with a trial and a period of waiting, but when it is successfully completed, the reward comes. How many say, I'm believing that? I'm believing, Pastor, I'm believing the unbelievable. I'm believing for God to intervene and to do a mighty work. I am trusting God in this era. Now, we're going to, I'm going to be doing a little teaching today as we are going into, now this is not a popular subject and everybody don't like, especially when I bring up fasting, everybody goes, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> when shrines of arches surround the nation. <laughs> That's the arch I'm talking about. You already know what I'm talking about. I didn't even say the name. Yeah, we go past many arches, don't we, in Springfield? And we go back past temples of Pizza Hut temples. Come on. It's not a popular subject, nor do we like to talk about it, especially in Springfield that has probably over 500,000 restaurants in the city alone. Come on, somebody. I know I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but it's the truth. How many know that, folks, let's just be honest, we like to eat. How many say amen? Come on, come on, man. I mean, we like food. I'll just be honest with you. And so it's not popular, nor is it a popular message, but how many know that it's mentioned in the Word of God? God talks about it. And so we are taking 21 days, but let me just tell you this. Let's not make it a fasting a 21-day time just at the first month. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to make it a disciplined part of our lives. Now listen, this is what I want to tell you. Now everybody's got their fasting paper. Everybody got it right there. Lift it up for me. I'm not going to preach about that today. That is for you. I want you to go home. I want you to look at it. I want you to study it. But I want you to notice something. And I'm not going to be preaching on this today. But these are the two focuses that God has given me 
uh, as, as the pastor of this church, for where are we going? I usually have a theme or God. I pray for a theme of the church of 2020. And so the two things that God has given me in the middle of the first page in our biblical fasting, folks, in 2020, we are focused, 2020, you're going to hear that a lot, on him. Look at what it says in Micah 7, 7. Isn't that good? But as for me, I will, here it is, look to the Lord. Come on, how many know, Brother John, that the devil is trying to get our eyesight off of Jesus right now? How many know the enemy is working overtime in our world, Brother Don, and in our families to get our focus off on the Lord? He is using, how many know he's pulling out all the stops and the distractions to pull us aside from keeping our eyes on Jesus? How many love that old song, turn your eyes upon Jesus? It doesn't matter what has happened in your life. Keep, keep your eyes on Jesus. You have went through hell and high water in your marriage. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Your finances don't look good. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Your son or daughter's on drugs. Keep your eyes on Jesus. What did Micah say? Listen, Micah is a picture of what's going on in America. I encourage you to read that minor prophet. It is a picture or a mirror of what's going on in the United States. And guess what he had to say? I will look to the Lord. I feel like telling you what God is speaking unto me. And I know this is not popular to tell you this, but listen... God is speaking unto your pastor right now. This thing is coming to a close. Prepare my people in the word. Prepare my people in worship. Prepare my people to seek the face of God for I'm getting ready to come back. And I want people that are solid, biblical based, Holy Ghost set apart for the things of God. I am not going to tickle your ear. Look at your neighbor and say, your pastor ain't going to do that. I'm not going to do it because God desires, listen for me, a holy, come on somebody. How many believes in holiness? Look at your neighbor say holiness. Say holiness is not your hair. Come on, holiness is your heart. Come on now. What you have in your heart. How many say I got Jesus in my heart? Amen. So listen, we are focusing on him. Everybody say 2020 vision. Focus, focus. Focusing on him. And then the second thing, we are focusing on his word. I love it. I didn't read that in the first sermon. I'm so mad I didn't do this. Listen, look what it said in James 1.25. It's like that verse just popped out at me when I began to seek the face of God. But the one, here it is, who looks. Woo! Into the perfect law of liberty. What's the perfect law of liberty? The word of God. Yeah. But the one who looks into the perfect law and... And then not only looks, but how many say, I'm going to keep going, Pastor? Perseveres. Look at your neighbor and say, keep going. Don't give up. Boy, the enemy, how many know he's trying to discourage people of God and trying to say, get out of the race? I was just talking with Sister Margaret, and she pulled me aside today. And, and we, there were several students. So a year ago, I went to Jamaica to be part of what and see what she does. And so she pulled me aside today. She said, Pastor Floyd, please be praying. She said, you remember there was a student by the name of Garfield. He was an older student there. And God's hand was truly on that. But the enemy sifted him. And he yielded unto that. And today he's in jail. You know what? But for the grace of God, every one of us, come on somebody. How many say, I'm not only going to look into the word, I'm going to persevere in the word. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. Come on in 2020. And we must keep our eyes on the word of God. 
So guess what I'm going to do? Listen, look what it says. If I look and then I persevere, being no hearer, but uh, being just not a hearer who forgets, but a doer, guess what is going to happen to him? He will be blessed in his deeds. I don't know about y'all, but that makes me glad today. Amen. So we're not, I'm not going to preach about that. And y'all know I want to preach on that right now. This is good stuff. But I'm going to talk about fasting, where we're at. Now listen, this is what I want to say. I'm giving you some instruction today because that's what God has called ministers to do is instruct in righteousness. Don't do what I'm doing. I'm not going to reveal to you what God has spoke to me to do. Do what God calls Darren to do. do go up. In other words, whatever God speaks to you, you do it. Whatever the fast is. And we explain how. If you've never fasted in your life, that sheep will help you and guide you through on how to do that. But you know the purpose of fasting is simply this. To press into the presence of the Lord. Yes. You know what, what comes? The after work is that, yes, God answers prayer. How many say God has answered prayer during some fast? How many, how many say that? God has answered some prayer. You know what that comes? But my primary focus is to press in to the presence of the Lord. How many say I want to get closer to God in 2020 like I've never been before? I really want to see him closer than I've never seen him and be intimate, more intimate with him than before. So Matthew chapter 6 goes into that. And so I want to tell you this then this morning that there is instruction in Matthew the 6th chapter. See, there are many misconceptions about fasting when I say that word. How many know when I say fasting, it's not pray fast? Come on, somebody. It is a, uh, a discipline that God has called us to do. So I want to properly define what biblical fasting. Now, now listen to me. If you feel like in this fasting that you need to stay away from technology, do that. If that's what God speaks to you about, then do it. But I want to tell you something. Everybody listen to me. That is not biblical fasting. I'm defining what biblical fasting is. If you want to add technology and take that away on the biblical fast. Biblical fasting is simply this. If we're going to define it, what the Bible, how many know that's our book there, amen? That's the rule of authority. The Bible's biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Amen? How many know that's not pleasant? It doesn't feel good to hear the rumbles of the stomach. How many has ever sat with people and, that, and Mr. Stomach has talked and grumbled? Y'all know what you're looking at one another, ain't you? It's like, my goodness, that thing's loud. Come on. How many know that Mr. Stomach likes to talk back, especially when you want to fast? Come on now. Now, I don't encourage you. Please don't watch Food Network while you're trying to fast. <laughs> it will not work. In fact, the... <laughs> I like watching for me and me and Karen. We love seeing the, the different recipes and different. But I'm going to tell you, switch the channel in the name of the Lord or just turn the TV off. Come on. And guess what you supplement? Guess what? Don't watch Food Network. Get into the Word and feed yourself with the spiritual Word of God, the bread of life. Amen? And feed off of the word. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But this is what I want to let you know then. So biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now I love this. Biblical fasting means more than just abstaining from food. It means to abstain from food in order to focus upon God, his word, and his answer to a particular matter. Now how many say I'm praying for some answers to a particular matter in my family and in my life? Amen. 
So we are believing God. So here, I, I want to just get right into the meat of what I want to talk about. So let's look in Matthew, the sixth chapter, and look at verse 16. These are interesting words. Look what it says. Whenever you fast. Now, I, I didn't do this. We're not trying to make any money. I forgot to do this in the first service. We have about three books. This is an excellent book. Uh, even a gal, I think she attends James River. She put this out a few years back because the ultimate guide to the Daniel fast. We got about three copies. We're not trying to make any money. We're just trying to pay for the book. There's three of them, I think, with this one being the third one, on the ministry board back there. And so it's got a little clip in there if you want to buy one of these to help you in this process. How many say that resources help? Amen? And so this is a great resource that we want to make available for you. And so we want, look what it says again. Whenever you fast. And now, Let's think about that just for a moment. Whenever Jesus is saying whenever you fast, in other words, he didn't say if you fast. That's right. He said whenever you fast. Now, there's three things in Matthew, the sixth chapter, if you'll look. There are three things that are required of the Christian. Whenever you give, whenever you pray, and whenever you fast. You know what was required for all of us? We're required to give. Come on, somebody. I didn't say it. Look at your neighbor and say, Floyd didn't say it. Come on now. Jesus said it. It's in red. Whenever you give, whenever, how many know we're expected to pray? Come on now. I'm going to just say this. This is a bold statement, but I'm going to say, you cannot be a Christian and not pray. Come on now. I know that ain't popular, Brother Darren, but it's for real. Listen, I get, this, I get married to this woman 22 years ago. It would not exist today if we didn't talk. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it will not. And guess what? I'm going to tell you this. Jesus desires to speak with you. Jesus desires, Brandon, to have a relationship with this guy. Jesus desires to talk back with Don and say, hello, how are you today? And then you shut up. Amen. Amen. And let him say, I'm doing okay, Lord. How you doing? Amen. How many know that we've already talked about this? Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. We allow God, come on, to speak to us as well as us speaking to him. Amen? And so God desires for that to be part of our lives. So he is saying, whenever, not if you'll fast. He said, not if you'll give. Not if you'll pray. But he says this, make discipline fasting part of your life. Not just the 21-day fast that the church is calling a corporate fast to. Listen, take a day, whatever it is. Take a meal. A meal. Maybe God has called you. Take a meal a week. Or, or, and guess what? This is what you do. Listen, this is what I'm, I'm trying to tell you what kind of what I do. Now, listen. When the time comes, whenever you eat, whether it's 1130 or 2 o'clock, whatever, whatever your meal is, guess what? Just don't go through your day without doing this. Guess During your fasting time, open up. You're replacing your meal with the word of God. You are feasting on the word. Amen. You're letting the words of life get on the inside of you. And then when you have that time of, of if you're working, they give you a 30 minute or an hour. Then take the time to just say, Lord, I love you today. Come on, somebody. Lord, I bless you today. Lord, you're worthy to be praised. Take those needs before him. And we're going to talk more and more about how to pray and some different things on that. But listen, I love this. Bill Bright, which is Campus Crusade for Christ, has been around for many, many years. Listen, I love what he said. Combining fasting and prayer can result in a spiritual atomic bomb. <laughs> 
There's no way. Listen to me. What are you saying, Pastor? Listen, every time that fasting is mentioned, prayer goes with it. How many know you can't mention salt without? You can't mention Batman. You can't mention Andy Griffith without? But there you go. You're getting it. You see? There's no way that one can operate without the other. And so what happens is there's exuberant power of his spirit when it's not only fasting. Listen, if you're just fasting and not combining prayer and the word, you're just dieting. You're just losing weight. That's all that's happening. But you must combine, guess what? Prayer and the word of the living God. And so I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. This, how many receiving something right now? So here it is. Biblical fasting involves prayer. It involves intense supplication. In other words, we already talked about that. Remember when we were making the pie? How many remember don't worry pie? Oh, yeah. yeah, how many has had, had a slice of don't worry pie? How many has had to make it? We talked about what is supplication. Supplication is simply this. It is asking or begging for something earnestly, humbly. How many has went before God and said, oh God. So God desires for us to do that. And then not only that, again, it, it is expected that we feed on the word of God. Look in a couple chapters back. Look at Matthew, the fourth chapter. I want to take you there because guess what? Jesus fasted. Let me just go ahead and say that. Jesus fasted. In Matthew chapter 4, we see that. And if you look a couple chapters back, you'll see that. Look what it says in verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the devil into the wilderness. Thank you for a couple people that were recognizing your scripture. Jesus was led up by the what? The Spirit. Amen. How many know that's important? Into the wilderness to be what? Tempted by the devil. And after what? Fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Guess what he was? Look at your neighbor and say, you'd be hungry too. <laughs> now listen, there's only two people in the word of God in the entirety. And I encourage you. Listen, man, use, it, this is a superhuman fast here. I haven't heard of a whole lot. I mean, you may know more about that than I do. But there's only two individuals that has fasted 40 days and 40 nights. That's Jesus and that's Moses. And let me tell you where Moses was at. He was on top of Mount Sinai. And guess where he's at? In the presence of God. You know why he was sustained? God sustained him. Come on, somebody. I can't help but think of Gail. Guess what? There's no more pain. She is sustained in the presence of God. New body. Come on, somebody. When you're in the presence of God, you don't need anything else. He is your all in all. He is your everything. And so again, Moses could be sustained as the Ten Commandments were given on top of the Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. And we know this, Jesus was fully God, but yet he was fully man. So yet he was sustained by the Father for those 40 days and 40 nights. And then notice this, he was hungry. Oh, you're going to be hungry. If you do whatever God speaks to you to do about, I'm going to tell you, even, I'm just going to be real with you. The most nastiest food that you've never wanted to try, it'll come up as a temptation for you. <laughs> come on, son. I just tell you, the enemy will put anything in front of you. If you don't like guacamole, you'll be dripping down with guacamole. Oh, Lord, I got to have some guacamole. Come on. 
I'm telling you, whatever the way the enemy, come on, I'm just telling you, the enemy is sly. And he wants you to break that covenant that you're making with God of some things that you're trying to pull away from, this carnality, this flesh, to get in. He don't want you to get into the presence of God. He don't want you to get in your word like never before. Because guess what? You become more of a threat against his kingdom and what he's trying to do against your family and you. Come on, somebody. So this is what I want to tell you. Encourage yourself to stay in what God has called you to do. Feed yourself on the word. Look what Jesus did. He did feed himself on the word. Look what verse 2 said. After fasting four days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter, everybody say the devil. He came and said unto him, if, now this is powerful. What did he say? If you are the son of God. Now I want you to notice this because every one of us can say right here. The enemy does this to us all in the time of temptation. What does he challenge us? He says, if you're a Christian, if you say who you say you are, how many know he came against the identity of Christ? And he will always come against your identity and who you are with Jesus Christ. And guess what you need to answer? I am a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I know who I am. Come on, Timothy. Paul said to Timothy, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have come. You've got to tell the devil every day, I know who I am in Jesus' name. So he challenged Jesus, if you are the Son of God, then turn these stones and turn them into bread. Even a stone. Come on, somebody. That's the way the devil. The devil will make you look at a stone to say, and start slobbering. Come on. <laughs> you could be that, huh? Can you imagine? I can imagine 40 days and 40 nights in my own time. But guess what Jesus did? And guess what it is for us? He's exemplifying how we defeat the enemy. How many know he had the power to call down 10,000 of legions of angels to spare him in that moment? But can Guess what he was thinking about? Me and you. Oh, I feel like praising him right now. Because he knew he was on his way to the cross. And he said there would be no way people would be delivered if I called 10,000. And I got the right to do it because I am the son of God. But guess what he did? As a man, he depended upon the word of the living God. And then not only that, let me give you the good news. He is the word of the living God. So when he spoke it, it came out as thus. In the beginning, God created. Everything that comes out of the mouth of God is to produce life-giving force. And guess what we have? The word on the inside. I feel like shouting. The word on the inside of us. And when the word comes out, it gives life-giving force. In the name of Jesus. Notice what happened. What did he say? Quoted the word. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Oh, how many know it was just slapping the devil? How many know that's what the word, that's what, listen. When the enemy comes in and the word of God said he does come in like a flood. Guess what's going to slap him every time? It is written. The word has got to get on the inside of us. 
The word must be birthed on the inside of us. That's why we must memorize it. Come on. We must visualize it. We must personalize the very word of God and let it come forth out of our mind. Is anybody getting something out of this today? So I'm going to give you my first point. Here it is. I've got several points. Number one, fasting is expected in the life of the believer. Why are we doing it? Because Jesus asked us to do it. He commanded us. Let's just get real about it. He commanded us, not if you'll fast, when you'll fast. So it is expected in the life of a believer. I already gave you the first point. Jesus fasted in Matthew 4, 2. Let me just tell you some people that fasted in the word of God. The apostles were to fast. In fact, there was a story in the Bible, Matthew 17, not too far from where we're at. How many know that they could not pray for the demonic because they were not ready in their spirit to cast out that devil I didn't understand that. There was another level of another. How many know there's another level to another devil? Come on sometime. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen, my grandmother told me this when my first trip. I don't encourage you. If you're going to go out on a missions trip, maybe not let India be your first trip. I was not ready. And I had culture shock just like that. We got off the plane. And my grandma said before we got off the plane, she already told me, you know, there were times of prayer. We seek in the face of God. I'm going with her. I'm 19 years old. And so we, we, we flew uh, into India. And she said, I want to tell you this, Floyd. You're going to feel the powers of hell when you step off of this plane. And she was right. And I'm going to tell you something. I stepped off that plane and you could feel. How many has ever been to places that were dark? Even in the United States. Or there, how many know there's places in Springfield that you go and your spirit is bearing witness with your spirit. Now, this is a dark place. God is not dwelling here. Come on, somebody. And we're the ones that are light in a dark place. Come on now. I got off there and I'm going to tell you something. You better be prayed up. You better be fasted. And you better be full of the word of God. And in that moment, the reason why those apostles could not cast out that demonic activity is because they weren't intimate with God like they should be. So the devils recognize we ain't departing out of this boy. Because guess what? You ain't got the goods yet. Come on, somebody. How many say, I want the goods? And you have the goods by pressing into the presence of Jesus. Listen, the devils recognize Paul and they recognize Jesus. How many say, I want the devils to recognize me that I am a child of God and know that I'm full of God? So he encouraged his disciples to fast. And can I say, how many, how many desire the power of God? I want the fullness of the power of God. Listen, I want to, can there be a place again where revival is moving uh, across this land where they roll them in and they're instantly healed? They're instantly filled with the baptism and the Holy Spirit? My God, God delivers them from drugs and alcohol in an instant. How many know it can happen in this body and in this church? I'm just, I'm, I just believe it. How many say, well, believe that with me in 2020? Let them roll them in. Roll them in the hospital. Depression, oppression, drugs, whatever it is, has got to go. And they begin, begin to be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Look. The church leaders, guess what? They fasted. Acts 14 and 23. That was encouraging. Again, notice that whenever fasting is mentioned... Prayer is mentioned. You can't do one without the other. Acts uh, uh, 14, 23, when they had ordained them elders in every church and had, here it is, had prayed with 
fasting. They commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Look at 2 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. There's another one. Paul is talking about marriage here. In 2 Corinthians, uh, the 11th chapter. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 7, we'll get to 2 Corinthians 11. I, I apologize. 1 Corinthians 7, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to, here it is, fasting and praying. Now, what was he talking about here? I know y'all want to plug your ears up here, but Paul is addressing the husband and the wife, and he's talking about sex. Everybody gets real quiet. <laughs> How many know sex is good because God created it, but he created it in the confines of a marriage? It shouldn't be happening outside of a marriage. You are committing fornication. And God's blessing and favor is not on that. Ooh, I, I know this ain't popular. Hallelujah. Amen. It's true. Listen, what is Paul saying? What is Paul talking about with fasting? Listen, when there are times of fasting and praying for a husband and wife, listen, have that time dedicated that you're dedicating it totally to the Lord. That's what he's saying. He said, but then again, when it's over, I love what he said, don't deprive your husband and wife. Get back to being husband and wife. And enjoy one another. Amen. I mean, that's a godly thing. Amen. amen. Well, I'm going to shout amen all by myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. My wife's like, keep going, Floyd. Keep going. <laughs> Let me keep going. Listen to me. You know what? Paul fasted often. Now, that's where we go in, in 2 Corinthians 11. He said in weariness, verse 27, in weariness, painfulness, watchings often, hunger and thirst, in fastings often. He said, I, that was part of my discipline. It was part of what my worship was unto the Lord. The second point that I want to make here, i got to hurry. Fasting is to be done without notice. Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? You know what? The word of God goes here in Matthew, the sixth chapter, and it says something like this. Listen, the Pharisees and those that wanted to fast, guess what? They wanted to create their face for everybody to see. How many know when you see? How many know what I'm talking about when you see people? They disfigure them, their faces because they want you to ask them what is wrong. How many know there are people just like that? Because they want, and, and so they, these these so-called leaders went around, were dressed up, and when they got into the, tip, the, the, the amongst the people, oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I mean, they would make a spectacle, and so they were waiting for somebody to say, "Oh, brother, where art thou? <laughs> what is wrong?" <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Oh, brother, what is wrong? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And they were waiting. Sister Betty, they were waiting so they could say, oh, here it comes. Fasting before Jehovah. You know what? The word of God said, Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 16 through 18, they have their reward. Because their reward is man's praise. Their reward is man going, oh, bless Jesus. Bless you know what? I'm looking for the reward and praise not from men, but from God. 
So guess what? Jesus gives us instruction. How are we supposed to approach fasting? Guess what he says? Look at what it says. It's Matthew 6, 18. Wash your face. Anoint yourself. Get up like you've ate the best T-bone you've ever ate in your life. Come on, somebody. That, that question will not come up, Brother John. But guess what? I'm going on with life as normality. I'm living life as normal. Nothing changes from today of corporately fasting in church of what God has called this pastor and what God's called you to do in the fast. Guess what? I'm not going to let everybody else know. That's my time that is private between me and the Father. And then look what he says. Those that have done this in secret, I will reward you openly. So this is where fasting in the right way, look at what comes. The blessing and the favor of God. Number three, real quickly. Fasting is to be done to God alone. It's not for Pastor Floyd. It's not for the 21-day fast. He is the object and the person of our worship. So I'm going to do it to him and to him alone. Amen? And then number four, fasting in the right way has its reward. His reward is greater than the recognition of man. Glory to God. In fact, the, you can just write this down. You don't have to look here. Psalm 42, I believe that the psalmist here was some fasting and praying. He said something like this. He said, as the deer pants after the water, so does my soul long after you. How many say this? In 2020, I want to long for more of God. Amen. More of his presence. Less of me and more of Jesus. Look what he says else in Psalm 42. He says this in verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He said, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually. He's talking about the world saying to me, where is your God? But look at verse 7. That's why I believe there was some time of praying and fasting. He says this, deep calls unto See, I'm going to tell you, when you're in that intimate, you pull away carnality or flesh. Everybody paint yourself say flesh. When you push away flesh and food and the things of this world and technology and all those things and get into the presence of God, guess what happens? Your spirit calls into the spirit of God. And I'm going to tell you, deep, that's what the psalmist is saying. I wish I could, I don't think we can fully understand that, but deep calls to deep. You become sensitive in the spirit. Your hearing becomes sensitive to the things of God in the spirit. You see things that you haven't seen before. And then not only this, I'm getting way ahead of myself because this is some of my points, Brother Darren, but God exposes what's inside of you that needs to come out. And that's not pleasant, but it's necessary. That God bring out, because anybody perfect in here, lift your hand if you're perfect in here. I want to see your hand. Praise God. You know what? We used to sing a song as a child. So he's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. Sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and faithful he must be. He's still working on. Guess what? He's working some things out that need to come out of our lives. See, I don't want to be Floyd anymore. I want to be, come on, looking like Jesus. 
every day. So God is rooting some things out of our life that need to come out of our life. I've got to hurry and give you some, a couple more points. Here we go. Listen to this. When food isn't in your diet for a number of days and you take that time to get along with the Lord, this is what happened. I've kind of already said this, but I'm going to give you these points so you can write them down real quickly. Again, here's another point. Your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world. Guess what? You can't help but feast on the word of God. I'm going to tell you it's going to get hard. And I'll just be real. Whatever it is, every kind of temptation, when you make up in your mind, it'll try to come. And every kind of candy bar that you've never ate before, I mean, it'll be there. I'm telling you. But when you make up your mind, things start to get uncluttered. Come on, amen. Aren't you glad when you're able to clean a closet out? Everybody say amen. Come on, God wants to unclutter your spirit so you can hear and you can receive and you can worship and God can be the object of who you worship. Listen, your spirit becomes uncluttered. In other words, say this with me. Fasting is feasting. I believe that. Number two point, real quickly. In him you become amazingly sensitive. We already talked about to the things of God. You reach a place where he, you can cry out even the psalmist from the depths of his heart. So the word intimacy takes on a new meaning. Into me, see. I'm into him. Come on, somebody. I said I'm into him. That's where God wants you to get is into him. That's intimacy. Third thing is this. Here we already said this. Fasting reveals the things that control us. Uh, I'll say sometimes it may not necessarily we think is sin. But we realize God's saying, no, it's, it's that little thing. It's the little foxes that's spoiling the vine that you've allowed for so long. How many know, I know this ain't pleasant. A lot of us when we... I don't take baths a lot, but a lot of ladies, a lot, maybe you gentlemen do that too. But you notice one thing that gets clogged up if you don't clean out is hair in the drain. Come on now. And if you don't clean that drain out, I mean, it will continually clog up from that water to drain popular, pr properly. Can I tell you this? There are some things that need to be uncluttered and unclogged in your life, and the Lord wants to speak to you about that. Is that separating? See, what's the definition, Pastor, of an idol? Is anything that separates you from God. You need to remove it out of our life. If it takes the place of God, it needs to be removed out of our life. How many say, Lord, unclutter my spirit? How many lift your hand and say, Pastor, I want the Lord to unclutter my spirit? If you'll be patient during this time, the Lord will reveal some things to unclutter your spirit and to get you ready for what God wants to do for you in this year. I've got, I'm almost finished. I, we're almost there. Listen to me. So that's number three. And then I love this. I, I want to point this out. Fasting creates a longing for our lover. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something. Look at me. I love having this woman starting this year in this service. I've missed her being in the services. I'll do anything for this woman of God. I'll stand in front of a freight liner for her. And I want to tell you who takes precedence over her. His name is Jesus. And I want Karen to say the same thing. Baby, I, you know what? I, she, I burst fire out of her day. I'm going to tell you something. After the first service, I went back. You know, I'm kind of drained from the first service a little bit and trying to get my, my strength back up. And I'm in my office. 
And right there, when my desk is, she don't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it because it just did something in me. I mean, it was great. You know, when I'm talking about fasting creates a longing for your lover. And so I had a little love note on my desk today. And I love that. It turned me on, baby. I just want to tell you. That's on Facebook, too. Woo, glory to God. You know what? Listen. I know. I know every one of you embarrassed. She's embarrassed. She wants to leave right now. But you know what? Listen to me right now. Guess what? When we do, you, you know what we're doing? When we're doing those things to the Lord, we're getting into his word, we're seeking him. Guess what? We're sending love notes to the Father. And he is pleased. Come on. And he is, so to speak, turned on to say, I love you. I adore you. Come on, somebody. I want to bless you. My hand is on you. I remember there was a time as an evangelist, I traveled. I couldn't have my family. I didn't like it. That's what I, I love preaching. Don't get me wrong, but I couldn't have my family with me. And that hurt. You know what? I got to thinking about that. There is a long, let's, guess what happened? There's a scripture. I mean, just love. So if you look at Song of Solomon as your love to the Father and to Jesus, that's the way you need to look at that. It's a love story between you and the Lord. Yes, it's a great, great love to talk about a husband and a wife. I don't, I don't dismiss that. But look at Song of Solomon as a love story between you and Jesus. And so this is, it makes sense because a lot of we stay, stay away from Song of Solomon. But let me let this come alive to you in Song of Solomon, the third chapter. And it says this in verse 1. It said, by night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loves. I was searching. My, my, my lover, I was searching for my lover. Look what it says. I sought him, but I found him not. I was longing for him. I will rise now, verse 2, and go about the city in the streets and in the broadways, and I will seek him whom my soul loveth. And it says this, I sought him, and I still didn't find him. The watchmen that go about the city found me to whom I said, did you see him whom my soul loveth? And I love verse 4. Here it is, guys. Oh, this is so good. It was but a little that I passed from them, and I found him whom my soul loves. And I I held him and would not let him go. Somebody better get a hold of that and say, that's me and Jesus. Come on now. How many say I held him and I would not, I'm not letting go of Jesus. That's a love story. That's the love story. So fasting, what it does too, it creates a longing. Real quickly, Matt, help me on B because I'm just going to go through them. It's a preparation for his coming. I want to tell you this. Now, the word of God through John's disciples and the word of God. Remember the question was asked, well, we fast and the Pharisees fast. Why don't your disciples fast? And, and I'm paraphrasing. Jesus simply said this. Why do they have to fast if the bridegroom is with them? I mean, no, Jesus was physically in their presence. And he said they don't have to fast if the bridegroom is right there with them. Now, how many know that the bridegroom is with us in this room right now? I know that. But how many know that one day we're going to see him, guess what? Face. I can't wait for that day. But until then, guess what happens? It is a preparation for his coming. Real quickly, number C, it shows a morning. Of his absence. Doesn't mean that he's left me, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just simply saying, I'm praying like John the Baptist says, and guess what he said? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. 
How many say, come quickly? Lord Jesus. And then the last one. It is a sign of sorrow for the sin and the decay of this world. If fasting does anything for us, guess what it does? It drives us to our knees to not only call out and ask for forgiveness for our own sins. It's to ask for forgiveness for our nation, come on, and our churches, and to plead the blood over the people that we're with. Come on. It creates that for us. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want more information about Calvary Christian Assembly of God, please click on to the link in the podcast. God bless you.